Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. So is Bill Belichick over it? And we have another example of college football conversations boiling down to because I said so. Let's log on to the internet, shall we? What's Trending is brought to you by GEICO. you got a choice of ways that you can save on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online to geico.com or stop by the GEICO office nearest you. Let's get it. NC State had the weekend off, Joe. Wolfpack, they've seen their ACC title hopes dashed by a loss at Clemson. They've seen their quarterback injured and out for this season. They're coming off of a 24-9 loss to Syracuse. However, mm-hmm. they do have five games remaining on their schedule. Three of them are at home, including Thursday night's tilt with Virginia Tech. Dave Doran met with the media on Monday, and I normally have no time for the day-by-day, take-it-one-day-at-a-time, <laughs> but I actually enjoyed and appreciated this answer from right. Dave Doran. For us, we're 5-2 and two with five games left. Three of those are home games. A lot to play for, you know, and so we're just taking it one game, one week, one day at a time, and you know, kind of focusing on that. If you spend your time on what we could have done, you're not going to get anything out of what's left. And I think there's obviously a lot of banter out there on the past and things like that for all teams involved. But for the team that's actually playing and sweating and fighting, you you can't worry about that. You have to worry about how can I get better? How can I do better than I did the last time out? How can I make one more play, one last mistake? How can I be a better teammate? How can I handle my academic work and just one day at a time try to be the best that you can be? That team usually looks really good when the scoreboard is completely filled out at the end of the game, and that's what we're trying to do is just move forward in a positive fashion. So you like that because? I I feel like you have to tune everybody out now, right? Including me yeah, and everybody who's talking about your team. Well, Dave Doran's already used that line. You go back to ACC All Access in the off well, season, yes. and it was the first day of practice, and he called it out. Yeah, he did. Dave yes, was he called at, the shot. Da, you know, I don't think I don't I don't think Dennis can. I'm not. It's unfair to you. You can't dig it up because it's an old clip from like the summer. But essentially, uh, off the top of my head, if I remember correctly, what Dave Doran said was like, you know, all these people, you know, they're loving you now, but you know, the minute you slip up, everybody's gonna come after you. I mean, look, Mac Brown dealt with this last year. And the way he went about it was, well, y'all overrated us. Right. One thing I'll give Dave Doran for credit for is that he has not gone to that. They've owned the expectations that they set. They've owned the way they talked about this upcoming season. Now it's just trying to make the most of what you have left. And look, Dave Doran can help establish what the culture at NC State is about if he's going to be sticking around by how they close out this year and how things go. Did we, saw this with, we saw this with Clemson last Look year. at that. I vamped long enough for Dennis to find it. Here's what Dave Doran said during ACC All Access about how things will evaporate if they lose. All right, man, the journey begins, huh? Now you sit in a room, all right, that's a top 10 program with a great opportunity. The media, who's loving you right now, it's the same people that will step all over us. 
There you go. So all the attaboys and the talk and the preseason hype, that stuff's not relevant now. He's right. He was right then, and he's right now in how they're handling yep. it the rest of this year. Uh, they got Virginia Tech on Thursday, which, side note, Virginia Tech fans in the area, and we know there's a lot of Hokies here in the Triangle, hasn't been a great football season for you all. So Jillio and I are trying to help you out. The Metallica Black album arrived. It's in my cubicle right now. We're waiting on the 2022 Virginia Tech ACC Basketball Championship t-shirt. And, of course, a lunch pail should arrive soon. All you got to do to get this, how'd you call it, Julia? A first aid kit. A first aid kit for the Hokies. Just text the keyword BEAMER to 919-860-5326. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. I feel like the Carolina Hurricanes opened up the season, then we waved goodbye. Later. Fair came through town. They're off on this Canadian West Coast road trip. It wrapped up last night with a 3-2 win over Vancouver. Adam Gold does the Canes Corner podcast. Here's two minutes. Hey, fellas. I got two minutes for ending the road trip in style with a flourish 3-2 win in Vancouver. All the talk after the 3-2 overtime loss in Calgary on Saturday was how the power play was trash. It was one step below yay or two steps below yay. I don't even know what two steps below yay is. Well, Andrei Svechnikov to the rescue, six minutes in. Across for Svechnikov, they score! The power play, cooking early! one nothing Carolina in Vancouver. Four minutes later, the Canes were this close to doubling the lead. Oh, it's Stefan Sharp in the right on. Rebounds available. Backhand by Nathan. Still there. They'll score! They're going to wave it off. Only problem, goal waved off, goalie interference, and after the challenge by Rod Brindamore, the Canes gave up a power play goal, and it was 1-1. And that's where it stayed until the Sebastian Ajo trio went to work in the third. Now Jarvis comes right in. Rebounds available. Ajo scores! Rod Brindamore will be happy with that. The Canes jump out. 2-1, 50 seconds here in the third. Ajo's fourth of the year, 50 seconds in, 2-1. 37 seconds later, Jesper Ronaldo Faust booted one over the keeper from the top of the six-yard box. For his first goal of the season, it's 3-1. Canes hung on from there. They win it 3-2, and they are finally coming home Friday night against the Islanders. Canes are 4-1-1 on the season. And Giglio, in case you're scoring at home, Canes and Canucks tied after one, plus 190. Check. Tavo Teravina and Elias Pettersson, each with an assist, plus 370. Check. More dumb wagers that managed to cash. Stick with me, booby. I'll take you places. Plus 560 yesterday, Joe. Is that, is that Gold saying you should take gambling advice from him? Is that is that what is that how that closed out for his gold? Props him and his he loves, props. He loves a prop. He loves a prop bet. If you want to get more from gold on the Canes, check out the Canes Corner podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Next up, the Chicago Bears beat the New England Patriots last night. Monday Night Football on the road, thirty-three to fourteen. A fine outing from Justin Fields, but that's not the quarterback anybody wants to talk about from this game. It's because Mac Jones started, went three and out on his first two possessions for the Patriots. Then he threw an interception. And then Dr. (laughs) Z, Bailey Zappi, came in, led two quick scoring drives for the Patriots, including a touchdown pass. Well, an unbelievable catch by Jacoby Myers, Pac-Pro. 
But it wasn't enough to save the Patriots from no. themselves. No. They're now three and four on the season. And just don't ask Belichick who the starting quarterback is. Here's a wonderful montage of Bill Belichick not answering questions related to the quarterback. Ultimately, this the game is going to be decided by you know which team has the most points. Defensively, we have to play defense. But we're going to be out there on defense. You know, defensively, wherever they get the ball, they get it. And it's our job to go out there and stop them. I would not say that I'm Mona Lisa Vito of the football world, as she was in the car expertise. Well, you think having a 37-year-old? We're on to Cincinnati. It's nothing about the past, nothing about the future. It's right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. We're getting ready for Cincinnati. Seattle. Did you find it? Seattle. Did you find it? Uh, Helpful to talk Seattle. to players about this. If any of your players talk to you about this, are there Seattle. Any concerns about day by day. <laughs> was that both parts in there? Well, then, well, then, what? Then we want to end on a high note. <laughs> no problem. Go on a high note then. There's a report out there. Uh, Stephen Jackson. Well, let's just end on a high note. <laughs> So that's a wonderful montage of Bill Belichick moments. We can add to the montage. So here's Bill Belichick when he was asked about the Zappy versus Mac Jones and who's going to be the quarterback going forward. The game just ended, guys. Who is the starting quarterback? Yeah, we just finished the game. <laughs> here's Bill Belichick on the fact that they played two QBs. Was, was this the plan? Well, I believe he told ESPN that the intention was to play both quarterbacks in this game. Was that because of Mac Jones' health? Yeah, that was a factor, yes. Was it a factor? Why'd you start Mac Jones if he wasn't healthy? That was a factor. And then sure. he and then he was asked he was asked today about, you know, what are you gonna do going forward given health? He's like, those are all hypotheticals. I'm not gonna like, huh? But there is there is a quarterback situation that has been mishandled in New England. That falls squarely on Bill Belichick and how he's handled it. And now Mac Jones is here in Bailey Zappy chance and Mac Jones the camera was focused on Monday Night Football and all the sad Mac Jones. And then there's the chance and the people holding up the signs and here's Mac Jones having to answer questions about it. How deflating was it uh, to hear the, the Zappy chance almost after every series or every time you touch the ball? Yeah, I think um, obviously, like I said earlier, I definitely wanted to play better and, um, you know, I just got to do better at my job and that's all it comes down to and um, that's all I can control and honestly, you know, we got a good chance here to go against the Jets and that's kind of what I'm already focused on. So, like I said, I'm going to do my best to put my best foot forward and I've been in this situation before and I'm just going to try and help the team and whatever my role is, I'll be ready and I'll give it 100%. So there you go. There's Mac Jones on having to hear this stuff. Young quarterback getting his confidence wrecked. And again, this falls squarely on Bill Belichick and how this has been handled. And I don't know as much football as Bill Belichick. I don't have all those Super Bowl rings. But you got to wonder, he keeps making bad decisions after bad decisions right down to who his offensive play callers are in New England. Well, he keeps recycling his old coaches. And his kid. And his son. Yep. And this is the result that you he's, get. He's 70 years old. Uh, shouts to your pops, pointing yeah. out. There is the all-time wins record still out there for him, for a coach, if that motivates him. I'm not sure. But at the rate he's going, he's going to be 75 when that uh, happens. He would yeah, need at least three more years. Right. He gets 27 more wins or 28 more wins to get to it. I mean, 
I, I, I look at this situation and I say I marvel at Nick Saban. Sure. Same age, same you know amount of success, but you still see the vim and vigor when it comes to Nick Saban. With Bill Belichick, I don't know. I don't know. Because it's hard. He's done a lot. He's already considered the greatest coach in the history of the game. How do you how do you kind of get fired up for it? How do you stay with that that type of mindset? It's really difficult. And he's made a lot of bad decisions as the GM. There's no doubt in my mind Bill Belichick still can coach, mm-hmm. but he's he's hurt himself more as the general manager than he has as the football coach. Next up. Number two. Now, we're sitting here talking about Mac Jones. There was a moment last year, and let's never forget this, that Mac Jones was was positioned as the true winner of the very, very hyped-up 2021 draft class. Quarterbacks that included Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson with the Jets, Trey Lance with the San Francisco 49ers, Justin Fields with the Chicago Bears, obviously Mac Jones to the Patriots, and shout-out to Davis Mills. Houston Texans. Starter. He's a a starter. And Mac Jones was talked about how, oh, man, Bill Belichick was a genius. He got it right all along. He waited. He didn't need to move up. Of course, we're seeing how that played out. But this does bring to question the 2021 QB class was positioned as one of the greatest collection of quarterback talent. It was supposed to be the next 1983 class. And it's anything but. Now... To be fair, I don't want to hot take this up. Situations matter. Trevor Lawrence was never going to get a good first season in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer as his head coach. And Daryl Bevel calling the plays. So it remains to be seen just how good of a quarterback Trevor Lawrence might turn out to be with the Jaguars or maybe somewhere else. With Justin Fields, he was the last, you know, the last ditch effort from an outgoing regime to save their jobs. And he was not handled correctly. We'll see what happens. I mean, last night looked pretty good with the Chicago Bears that they're going in a different direction. Trey Lance hasn't played football in three years, though, man. He's been hurt. Zach Wilson, he's with the Jets. Again, that's another situation. But I will say this. For a class that was hyped up the way that 2021 was, 2020 has surpassed it. Now, I'm not saying that nobody talked about 2020 as though it was some, you know, a bunch of jabronis. I mean, Joe Burrow was coming off a national championship win with LSU. Joe Burrow went to a Super Bowl. People still believe in Joey Burr. You also have Tua Tungavailoa, who the Dolphins invested in by getting better around him. A concussion alters. Obviously helped him. And also how they handled bringing him up with Ryan Fitzpatrick as kind of like the change of pace QB. But the point is that the Dolphins invested in putting people around Tua Tungavailoa and one concussion... Aside, you know, things looked like they were going in the right direction. Justin Herbert, I think most people understand he's a good quarterback. Is he just being mishandled in San Diego with a coach? I'm sorry, in L.A. with the Chargers with a coach who's too aggressive. But people believe in Justin Herbert. And what are we seeing out of Jalen Hurts? Again, mishandled situation. The Eagles believed in Hurts. They got the right coach in Nick Sirianni. And now they're one of the best teams in the NFL. And helped them. And helped them. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, you know. So all of this is all of this is to say is that sometimes in the NFL we get so just you boil it down to its essence and we just go QBs. Hey man, there's a lot that goes with it, and some of these quarterbacks might pan out. I still believe in Trevor Lawrence, but I think we kind of know what we got in that 2021 class, and it was an absolute bust in comparison to the class that came the year before it. Next up. 
The number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. So yesterday on this program, talking about Clemson and its place in the college football playoff pecking order, I stated that the sweet, sweet nectar of college football playoff discussion is engagement. Say some stuff. College football fans get mad at you, and you go from there. But part of the problem when we talk in college football is that most of the arguments boil down to because I said so. I think that Clemson is good. Why, Joe? All I have to do is say because I said so. Because I have stated this opinion, it is true. That truly is college football in a nutshell. Don't believe me? Listen to Joel Klatt, national college football reporter, on talking about the ACC next. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete of Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, is it still true that a million is enough to retire on? Tim, maybe and maybe not. The most important thing is to get a real plan that gives you income you never outlive. We'll give that away to the next 10 people. Call right now. The number to call, 800-691-3215. Text TIM to 600-700 if you're interested in texting. Once again, that phone number is 800-691-3215 or text TIM to 600-700 for that deal. So I think you and I, Jillio, agree that, hey, look, Clemson, give him some credit. DJ Uyunglele, they bet on him. He's been good. Dabo. Push the right buttons in the win over Syracuse, making the right call to get DJ out of there, bring in Cade Klubnik, but also right after the game say, no, 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 this is DJ's team going forward. He just had a bad game. He knew what to do. It's good coaching on Dabo's part. And they've come out of a stretch of football in the ACC, taking on Atlantic competition of mostly ranked teams. They beat NC State at home, ranked. They got taken to the brink by Wake Forest. Wake Forest has only lost one time. That was the game they poured it out against. In overtime. In yeah. overtime against the Tigers, and now they're number 10 in the country according to the AP Top 25. I'll be curious to see how the college football playoff uh, has them ranked next week when we get the look in. Florida State at that time was spunky. Still considered spunky, but Still ranked a talented team. team. Talented team. They were ranked when they, when they played them. And obviously with Syracuse, they were 15th in the country. Great defense. And uh, Dino Babers had that team really believing, right? And who knows? Syracuse might still bounce back from this game at uh, at Death Valley. But I just laid it out, right? These are ranked opponents. I think quality ACC play. People have been yelling at the ACC to get better. And I think, at least on the Atlantic side, we've seen it. We've absolutely seen it. But that's not good enough because old takes die hard. And in college football... The easiest thing to do is just say, I believe this. Cool. Can you back that up? Show your homework. No, I just said so. And Joel Klatt, Fox Sports, did exactly that when talking about Clemson. On Sunday, he tweeted out, you know, the hypotheticals, the stuff that really gets the college football people going. You know, I don't think that Clemson would finish third. Or could they finish third in the SEC East? Could they finish third in the Big Ten East? So he goes on his show and he, I guess, expands on this thought without really saying much of anything other than, well, because I said so. There's no other team in the country with an easier path to the playoff than Clemson. And it's been this way for quite some time. Quite some time. This is a team that has gotten the benefit of an eight-game conference schedule, uh, not nine, and a ridiculously weak one-team conference. 
You know, not I mean, even Oklahoma had had a tougher gauntlet through the Big 12 to go to the playoff in some of those years than what Clemson has had throughout their tenure. Uh, Dabo's tenure in these playoff years and that's not to to tell you to say like they didn't have good teams no of course they like they had great teams they won national championships so I'm not arguing that they shouldn't go I'm just saying like boy do we really think that they're any good I don't think so and and we're not going to know until the playoff and they're going to be there by the way so we're really playing for three spots what's Joel Klatt watching then Uh, it's interesting that he wants to so Joel Klatt Played football at Colorado. Does it sounds like he's a little bit of a Big Ten kind of guy I mean, now? He's a, he's a Big Ten guy, yeah. Okay. Um, he does uh, Foxes because Big Ten plays nine conference games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I certainly think there's a benefit to playing nine conference games. The ACC refuses to do that up until this point, mm-hmm. up until ESPN tells them to, because of teams like Clemson and their non-conference schedule, which includes the South Carolina game on an annual basis. So uh, it's a weird flex to be like they don't play nine conference games because if you think about it, <laughs> yeah, they play eight ACC teams and well, one of the SEC teams. Mm-hmm. So there's nine P five, you know. Also, not to mention the games that Clemson's playing all usually includes a tenth P five game in either another SEC team or Notre Dame. So. And and by the way, the SEC only plays eight conference games in part for the same reason, because of the crossover games between the SEC and ACC teams. So it's a weird argument to make that mm. somehow the Big Ten and Michigan, who did a great job, beat Penn State, did a nice job, beat Maryland at home. Those are the two teams that are fairly impressive on their schedule right now. Yeah. But at some point, to your, to you want to talk about, because I said so, at some point, you do have to sit here and go, okay, if Michigan and Clemson played, if they played on a mm-hmm. neutral site, who do you think is going to win? And, yeah, you could sit here and argue, maybe you think Michigan's going to run on Clemson, and all I would say to you is you haven't watched football if you think that's the case. Yeah. You just haven't. And you want to you want to make it any more concrete than that? We can't. That's what college football is. And that's what it, that's what I mean, it, that's, that's, that's what it comes down to. I can't get too mad at it right. because, really, that's what it's about. People love to talk about hypothetical, stupid conversations. Yeah, there's no Ken Palm. There's no formula. No, 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 there's, you know, and they don't want it, by the way. Nobody does. Nobody wants it because yeah. it's much more fun to talk about these things. But but I can play the same game. You know, all right, Michigan. We don't even have to talk about Michigan. Their best wins against Penn State, right? At home. At home. Yeah. But what has Penn State done? Right. Oh, you get the extra ninth game in the in the conference play. Right. But yeah, but who are you playing? Oh, oh look at the Big Ten West. Woo. Come on now, y'all. But again, it all just kind of comes down to a simple factor of because I said so. And there's the other thing. There's another factor too when it comes to college football, and the, and and I've said this about the SEC and ESPN and Paul Feinbaum being put in a position where he gets to talk about national college football on ESPN platforms as an SEC guy, and Joel Klatt is a Big Ten guy. The problem is that the ACC doesn't have that now. There are multiple factors as to why that's the case. The biggest one, and you and I have talked about this in the past, the biggest reason why the ACC doesn't have a fine bomb is because nobody would accept an ACC fine bomb in the ACC. We're not wired that way in the ACC. The ACC traffics in petty. Right. The ACC does not traffic in, we're the best conference, yeah! Carolina won the basketball title, yes! Yeah, Carolina wins a basketball title, and people go, damn it! Well, Virginia Duke fans, state fans, yes. <laughs> Nobody's going, yeah, way to go, Tar Heels. They're like, damn it, again? 
That is the ACC. More great news for carry commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap way you tell me if i have a problem <laughs> well, this is from reuters it's the first step is acknowledging that's no, fine this is fine this story is from reuters exclusive twitter is losing its most active users internal documents show and the story reads these heavy tweeters account for less than 10% of monthly overall users, but generate 90% of all tweets and half of global revenue. Heavy tweeters have been in, quote-unquote, absolute decline since the pandemic began, a Twitter researcher wrote in an internal document titled, Where Did the Tweeters Go? Now, the stat, 10% of monthly overall users generate 90% of all tweets is not a new number. Right. This has been a lot some, of lurkers on Twitter. This has been something that has been known about Twitter for a very long time. It's why I have argued for the longest time that Twitter, especially when it comes to the world of sports, is not a good judgment for sentiment. Like, you're not going to get a true sentiment of what's really going on based on active tweeters who are usually angry about things, right? Especially in the world of sports. Let's think about this. Always angry. Let's, I mean, let's, let's do the math here. 10% of monthly overall users generate 90% of the tweets. That's 10% of Twitter users. Twitter is one of the lowest in terms of overall user bases in terms of social media. It pales in comparison to Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, et cetera, right? And also, what do we know about sports fans? They don't make up the majority of the American population. Right. Sports fandom is a niche in the grand in the grand scheme of things. It's still a niche. It's a popular niche, but it's a niche. So you just you just keep getting smaller, 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 smaller circles. You realize just how little Twitter sentiment should truly be valued when it comes to sports opinions. It's a good way to connect with the audience, though. You know, if you find the right group. But here's my question. A heavy tweeter is defined as someone who logs into Twitter six or seven days a week, check, and tweets about three to four times a week. Three to four times a week? A week. I tweet three to four times in about a six-hour span. So, so if that's considered a heavy tweeter, what's that make me? And I'm having an existential crisis. Am I elite? Am I overweight? An uh, overweight tweeter? Well, technically I am. You're a, heavy, a heavyweight tweeter. What? <sighs> Super heavyweight. So that's what's considered a heavy tweeter. If they looked at my stats, what would they consider me? Obese. Mm. But here's my real question. I'm going to read this again. It's a pretty low bar. Three times a week? Three times a week. Three to four times a week. Psh, please. <laughs> I've had three to four tweets by the time I've finished my coffee sometimes. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. Half a global revenue. 
So if I'm already at more than a heavy tweeter, you know, where does this revenue come from? Uh, from ads, things like that. Re- also research, you know, information, things okay. like that. Where's my check? Yeah, you, you're owed some some money. I'm. I don't have a blue check, which is fine. I don't really care about a blue check. If somebody wants to impersonate me on Twitter, that says more about them than it does anything else. Like, what does it say about your life that you're creating fake Twitter accounts for me? Okay. Yeah, who would ever impersonate somebody? Right, Dennis. Right. Well, you're not on Twitter though. Yeah, you didn't fit. You didn't create a fake Matt Rule account, did you? No. You just do it. Should though. You just God. do it. You just I totally doing, should. You're just doing a classic comedy bit. It's like Dana Carvey. That's you know? that's that's yeah. all you're doing. I'm talking about somebody who decides to go out there and like fake some jabroni radio guy in Raleigh. Like, think about you. Think about the decisions you've made in life if you've done that, and they and they exist. People have done this. Where's my money? I don't care about the blue check. I care, I care about a check. If I'm helping generate, if I'm generating half your global revenue, where's my money? Cut me a check, Twitter, or Elon, whoever's buying. I don't even know who owns Twitter these days. Anyway, I just was curious where that where that puts me. I'm a little confused. Speaking of Twitter and true sentiment, this is important when it comes to Virginia Tech fans. We put it out there, like a happy little fun thing to do with Virginia Tech. We're giving them, uh, we're we're giving out a little prize pack ahead of the NC State Virginia Tech game, that includes a Metallica Black Album CD, for obvious reasons. Enter Sandman, a lunch pail for obvious reasons. Bud Foster reasons, and a Virginia Tech 2022 ACC Basketball Tournament Championship T-shirt. Cool, right? Very cool. All you gotta do is text the keyword Beamer to nine one nine eight six zero five three two six. Some Virginia Tech fans were upset. One mm. guy called you a fake Guido. Fake Guido. It hurts. That should hurt you. Yeah. You earned your Guido status. Yeah, I mean, obviously. You can't fake that hair. No. You can't fake that you're from Jersey. No. If there was ever a Guido, it's you. Of course. Come on now. Joe Gillio? Fake, fake Guido. What's a fake Guido? Oh, I have multiple accounts, too. You do have multiple accounts. <laughs> That's the best part. Yeah. Not to be confused with the Philadelphia Joe Gillio. Exactly. Not to be confused with that guy. <laughs> Anyway, poor, text the kid. Poor Joe. I know. He catches, what did he do this He year? catches He, he catches should be strays. celebrating the Eagles and the Phillies right now. Instead, not be harassed. Instead, that Joe Giglio gets angry Virginia Tech fans in his mentions. Michigan fans, Virginia Tech fans, Unreal. Clemson fans. Unreal. Unreal. Career-driven individuals ready to unlock your potential? Discover William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Our classes are tailored for the working professional. Attend class on your terms with our online sessions and choose from various start dates throughout the year. Dive into a curriculum designed for success. Every class is a stepping stone that takes you closer to your career goals. Take one or more classes. It's in your hands. Elevate your career with William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Dive deeper at williampeace.info/sps. Your journey begins here.